going on everybody it's your boy william J with another episode of talking in the attic uh this particular one's a special segment man because this is one of those times where i'm kind of stuck you know you everybody gets stuck in those modes where they feel like they can't get themselves motivated and they're just looking for some reason something to give them that extra push i mean like i say i'm not immune to it everybody comes across these moments and what has been helping me is i've been just digging back into my previous work my first book why not and i think this might be something that you all will benefit as well you know just if you don't mind just sitting and listen to me i want to read chapter eight which is entitled passion and i started with a quote from nelson mandela that stated there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living man again that was a quote from nelson mandela now, moving into chapter nine, passion. This is how it starts. Generally speaking, when you think of the pursuit of an accomplishment, you focus on the energy it takes or must have taken to reach this goal. You try to calculate the days and countless hours chasing after something with reckless abandon. You also have to incorporate the moments of frustration where everything, including your motive, and perhaps you begin questioning yourself. But the true key from what I've learned throughout my life while in pursuit of my goals is pacing yourself. Like many, I wanted to reap the benefits early and I wanted to have all the success at a rapid rate. But I lacked experience early on. I wasn't disciplined and I was ignorant to live regarding to the importance of pace. There will come to a point in your life where you'll be asked the question, what's your passion or what are you passionate about? See, the first time I was asked that question, I wasn't prepared or even ready to bullshit that answer. Truthfully, I didn't discover what it was until some time ago when it was actually pointed out to me by someone else. At times, I was envious of people that already discovered their passion and because of how effortless it seemed for them to identify their source of motivation. There were different points in life where I thought I discovered what my passion was only to find out that later it was something that I'll be interested in only for a short period of time. When you're introduced to this question, you have to understand that it's hardly about the passion itself. It's more about what you do with that passion and how you incorporate it into life. That was a key piece that what I failed to comprehend earlier on in life. It was difficult for me to connect with the idea that when you're passionate about something, you're not concerned about how anyone will view you. My problem was that I used to be concerned about the perception to the point that I would not apply myself or put myself out there. That behavior is counteractive and canceled any intention of my desires. As I was contradicting my passion, I was unable to align my beliefs and purpose to be in total agreement of what I wanted. You see, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Your reality is produced by the frequency of the energy created in your mind. Once you've identified what you're after, you begin to align your desires with your reality. I have a good friend named Angel that I got to spend some time with recently. While we were catching up, we began to discuss her passion for running and where it originated. I've always admired her drive and commitment watching from a distance as she competed in numerous marathons across the world. For her, it came naturally. She was blessed with the DNA of a competitor stemming from her father who also competed in marathons and served dual duties as her coach throughout high school. When she was a child, she used to watch in awe and the determination focus on what it took for her father to compete. But with her youth and enthusiasm, she couldn't grasp where the passion manifested. Her concern for him would be, did you finish first? Whilst first would not be the case with some events, what she missed was the finishing times that he was posting was pretty badass, and it was also more about the internal motivators. 
As she got older, she began to understand that, in her words, the internal speaks to your soul, and it's not about the external motivators, such as the medal count, record time, or running in 50 states. During her college tenure as a student athlete, just as many, she lost her love for the sport. The love was lost because many of the decisions as an amateur athlete aren't your choice. You're living someone else's expectations, and you're doing it to appease someone else and keep your scholarship, might I add. The transformational point for Angel was when she began to embrace the challenge and the live in the moment. This time didn't come until well after her tenure as a collegiate athlete concluded. Angel was in the midst of participating in a series which included three half marathons in three states in three days. I admit, that's more than I'm willing to put myself through voluntarily. It was then she stopped racing and took in the experience to enjoy the moment. She began to take the many lessons from running marathons and apply them in her everyday life. Just as Angel did, I've embraced this simple piece of advice and I offer it to you so that you're not caught running someone else's race. Place yourself in a position of a runner lining up at the start of the race. It's tempting to take off with everyone else and run as fast as you possibly can. But first, you have to find your pace. In life, we begin to worry about tomorrow, the next week, and the next month, which creates unnecessary stress and anxiety. The pains we feel in our everyday life from these stresses are similar to what a runner feels while participating in a marathon. For instance, if a runner loses discipline and allows their mind to separate from their body, all focus is lost and he won't be able to perform just as they practice. In the same vein, you cannot allow each day or moment that has become troublesome to divert you off course. You have to understand that in life, just as the marathon, this journey will entail pain. But with the pain, you'll develop strength and endurance. You have to concentrate on how exhilarating crossing the finish line will feel. The euphoria of that moment is indescribable, but you first have to put yourself out there in order to be rewarded. Put yourself out there as an art, and I believe that the only way to form meaningful connections and to grow as a person is to put yourself out there. Every person on this earth is bubbling with ideas and potential. There are many who decline to share them because of their own personal setbacks. Potentially it's fear of being judged and maybe it's because they struggle with their own self-promotion. Believe me, you are not alone. People have always struggled to put themselves out there and I'm no different. I've had the most difficult time sitting myself down and capturing my thoughts to complete this book. And it's ironic that this is the chapter that I'm struggling with the most. A lot of my hesitation comes from the one half of my introverted perspective. I can't say that I've never put myself out there. It's just a challenge to put myself out there, but I've made significant progress. The questions that go through my head probably are some of the same ones you encounter. What makes me qualified? Does this make sense? Do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? How will this be received? Am I articulating this clearly? Is this flowing together? I got to the point where I said, screw it. Although the anxiety has not left me, it's definitely still a work in progress. Back in undergrad, I had extreme fear of public speaking, so in turn, I pursued a major in rhetorical communication, or basically communication science. Its emphasis was centered on the practice of communication that targets audiences in order to change or reinforce beliefs, habits, and actions. In order to influence an audience or person, you have to be able to speak confidently, clearly, and with conviction. I wish there was some footage of my first attempt. It was by means nothing pretty. I fumbled, lack eye contact, stuttered, and I'm certain I had a panic sweat within this five to ten minute segment. After the class was over, I was replaying how uncomfortable and embarrassing it was for me to stand up there appearing as if I didn't know what I was talking about. I had the information, but I could not deliver. All I could say to myself was, never again. This wasn't the only time that I'll have to speak in front of the class. 
each course on the curriculum required at least four to five different occasions where you had to deliver and defend a position. I couldn't allow myself to have a repeat performance on my first failed attempt. As I stated, I had the information, but I could not deliver. I began to practice beforehand, preparing myself not as only to advocate for delivering information, but also as an audience member. I would consider the angle of someone focusing in on my posture, how was my eye contact, and my overall appearance. I wanted to be as well equipped as possible. I also began watching footage of some of the greatest orators and how they commanded the room and engaged the audience. From that point moving forward, I began to notice how much easier and comfortable I was beginning to feel. I knew I wanted to get more at ease when I communicate in a group setting, and the only way to do so was to put myself out there. The next time you feel vulnerable, understand that it's okay if the fear gets the best of you in the opening rounds, although you cannot allow it to dominate you into submission. You have to transition, and at some point when you break free, you remove that shield and allow what's been aching within you to be exposed. Another thing about following your passion is that you'll run the risk of being unpopular. When you set your sights on your desires, you'll lose people along the way. It's close to impossible to make this change in your life and expect everything around you to remain the same. Your passion? It'll quite possibly upset certain people because your focus and energy will not be centered as it once was. But you must remain firm as your desire grows and you have the courage to not waver when you separate yourself from previously close associates. You'll still have love and compassion for the ones that you had to sacrifice along the way, but you'll be taken to amazing new places surrounded by beautiful souls who share your new frequency. And that right there is chapter eight in my book, Why Not? That's what's been helping get me through this past couple days. Or should I say almost a week week or so? I mean, like I said, we all come to these points. You know, you need something to be uplifting, something to get you through. And I had to reach back and think about what really was my passion and why am I doing this? What's my focus? You know, and what are those drivers that'll keep me going? And Hopefully, this will provide you some fuel as well. And if you're in need of anything more, my book is available on Amazon. Kindle version, paperback. Go ahead, download your copy. And once again, this is William J. You know where to find me. I'll always be talking in the attic.